Well, praise the Lord and good morning again. It's indeed a great pleasure to be here, as always. Why shouldn't it be when we know we are praising our God in heaven? Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks again. We glorify and magnify your holy name, a name which is above every other name. The word of God tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Therefore, Lord, as I bow to your will this morning, as I bow to the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit, I pray for the anointing. I pray for guidance and direction. I pray the Lord, you speak through this channel that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable before thee. Bind all demonic spirit and let the word go to the hearers and the hearts that need it. Blessed we pray again in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Faith Restoration Ministries in Shekinah Theological College. We are indeed very happy to be here. Our topic this morning is, why should we forgive? That's a good question, don't you think? Why should you, why should I, why should anybody forgive? The word says, in Matthew 6, that we should forgive. But do we forgive because the words say so? Let's read it. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And let's begin from the Our Father prayer. It goes like this. Matthew 6, beginning from verse 9. And I'll be reading to verse 15. Our Father which art in heaven. And these are the words of Jesus. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We praise God for this. I want you to look at where it begins. Our Father. Jesus was speaking to those who follow him. Those who obey his word. Those who accept what the word of God says. Our line here at Amor theme for Shekinah Theological College, which is an online college here. Um, you will find us at www.frministry.org. You can also call us at 678-964-4096. So we just want you to know that we, sorry for that interruption, it's always happening. <laughs> we just have to open up, you know, because you just never know. Anyway, why should we forgive? The people the Lord is really speaking to are those who really accept his word. Those who do his word. You read his word and you do them. There are people who um, will tell you, even from the church, they don't even um Read the Old Testament 
And I'm talking about pastors, churches. They don't teach the Old Testament. That's a gross mistake. Because when Jesus spoke about our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, do you know his name? Who is the Father? And from way back in Old Testament time, God presented himself, presented himself to Moses, the prophets, and so many. To Listen, he said of, um, he gave um, Noah, he said Noah found grace in his sight. There was Abraham, you name it. So why wouldn't you want to teach the Old Testament? So here Jesus is saying, hallowed be thy name. If you have been offended by someone and you decide you're not going to forgive, how can you say our father? Our father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. God's will is for us to forgive. And if we don't forgive, he will not forgive us. It's right here. Verses 14 and 15. It say, give us this day our daily bread. But here, this is where I'm getting at. The first portion of it. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Are you listening to me with whatever time of the day? Morning, noon, or night? Is there someone you're saying to yourself, I will never forgive, but you pray this prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You're lying every time. If you refuse to forgive, but you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what you did to me. It's out of business. That God is not even concerned about that. He'll deal with them. But he says we are to forgive and the only way we can get in God's presence is by forgiving others. How are we going to say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That means you don't even reverence his name. You don't reverence his word. If you don't reverence his word, how are you going to reverence his name? Psalm 135 and 38, rather, and verse 2 says, He honors his word above his name. So if you do not acknowledge his word to do that, to obey them, how can you say you acknowledge his name? Hallowed be thy name. We have to forgive. There's no question, no if, might, or maybe about it. It's not what the person did to you. It's what the word of God is saying to forgive. Did you know that the spirit of um, unforgiveness is one of Satan's most deadliest weapons? Did you know it doesn't only affect your spirit, it affects your body? It affects your heart. It causes stress. Cancer. Oh, you name it. The spirit of unforgiveness is deadly. That's why you should forgive. When you forgive, it's not for the person who did you wrong. It's for you, your benefit, your spirit, your soul, and your body. That's why you should forgive. The question was asked, why should I forgive? Why should I forgive? It is for your benefit. It's not for the one who caused pain. It's not for the one who did you wrong. It is for you. You're releasing that poison. You're saying, Lord, you take this over. You heal my heart. You heal my hurts. You, you help me 
that I don't hold this poison inside of my system. That's what unforgiveness is. It is lethal. It is deadly. It is poisonous. Remember that. You have to forgive. There's no question about it. I've heard people say, I never forgive them. Let me bring you to, there are families who don't forgive one another. When you watch the, the court sessions on the television, families come in, a brother against a brother, sister, mother, mothers, bringing their children to court for a few dollars. I don't care how many hundreds or thousands. That's your child, girl, bro, or son or, or daughter. That's your mother. That's your father. You should be ashamed of yourself. I wanted to bring you to Genesis chapter 13 with Abraham and his nephew Lot. This was not even his son, his nephew. There was strife between his herdsmen. Both of them became very rich. You remember when God called Abraham? He took his nephew because Lot's father had died. No doubt he may have been a young man. And so I don't know. But anyway, Lot took, rather, Abraham took Lot with him. And so they both grew very rich. They had herdsmen, cattle, you name it. So both sides, the cattle or the herdsmen of um, Lot was fighting or having an argument with Abraham's herdsmen. And so it causes strife in the family. So Abraham, I want you to look at Abraham, um, Genesis chapter 13. I'm talking about families now who refuse to forgive. I don't care who the family member is. He, she, or, or the old lady. It doesn't matter. This is what, how families take care of situations that happen. Verse 6 of Genesis chapter 13. Let's begin there. Get a pretext. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together and there was a strife between the herdmen of abram abram's cattle and the herdmen of lot's cattle and the canaanite and the perizzite dwelleth then in the land but listen to abraham and abram said unto lot let there be no strife i pray thee between me and thee and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for what? We be brethren. Mother, that's your son. Father, that's your son or your child then. For we be brethren. Brother, brother, cousin, cousin, auntie, mothers. I've looked at certain judges and you could see this corn, the fact that a mother would take a daughter to court or daughter takes a mother and so forth. This is slack. It shows the kind of culture children are being brought up in. And verse 9, let's read 8 again. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between thy herdmen and, the, and my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. In other words, we're family. We're blood. And verse 9, Abraham continues speaking. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. 
If you go, if thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Let me say here, how can you call yourself a Christian, a believer in Christ, even a mother? We celebrated Mother's Day recently. How can you call yourself a good mother? Oh, well, I'm teaching her some. I'm teaching, I'm teaching my child um, a lesson. You're late, lady. You're very late, sir. The Bible says, train up a child in a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. So if you had started them early to teach them right from wrong, you would not be in this predicament today. And furthermore, even though, even though you will find that the, um, the, the child did something wrong, wrong, what I would say to you here is that you only need to forgive. Learn to forgive. It doesn't matter who has done you wrong. Learn to forgive. Um, learn to forgive and you too will be forgiven. You will be forgiven also. <laughs> That's the phone again. Anyway, bear with me. Um, forgiveness. It is not about you. It's about pleasing God. Showing God, I honor your word. I do not just read your word. And especially if you're a believer in Christ, how can you call yourself a Christian and you're holding a grudge? You know, we discussed this this past Sunday, but there were so many interruptions, you know, with um, the technology that we couldn't even post that one. So we have to do it. Well, you know how it is already. <laughs> if you're not well versed in these things, you just, you just have to leave it, you know. But th there were testimonies given of people who became very sick to death because they held things up in their heart. As a counselor for decades, I have had people who have come to me. One of them in particular was in the hospital with what was supposedly a heart attack. And I don't think it was the first time and the individual called me when I was in church. The individual called me and said, may I speak with you? I said, sure. We set up. And from the moment the person started talking, the Spirit of God um, revealed to me it has to do with unforgiveness. And I believe I asked the individual. The individual said, yes, many years ago. I never asked what it was. It was not my business to know what brought the individual to this situation. Unforgiveness affects you physically. All right? It's a deadly, poisonous, lethal weapon. When Satan sends his arrow of unforgiveness in your heart, until you repent, acknowledge it is there and say, Lord, forgive me. I release A, B, C, D, whoever it is, in an institution of this debt. Matthew 6 says, 
forgive your debtors as you expect us to be forgiven. Release that person who did that thing, that wrong thing to you. Release. Let it go. Let God deal with the individual. You must forgive, otherwise it's going to kill you and send you to hell. I can't put it any plainer than that. Listen, I can't polish God's word. It's already there. Because if God says in verse 14, let me read it here for you in Matthew 6. It says here in verse um, 15. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, the same father you just spoke about, you just, you know, recited, our father who art in heaven. You know what this means? He dwells in heaven. And if he doesn't forgive you, you can't go to heaven. There's no way. Listen, you can buy your way, you know, in this country, in this world. Not just here. All over the world. There are people in high places who can commit all kinds of heinous crimes. Some even commit murder under the, under the sly. Under the sly. You can't see their hands, but they do it. Cause the death of others, innocent people. Shut up other people's mouths. And those who refuse to forgive their wives today, husbands committed adultery, and though they're living with them, they haven't forgive the, forgiven the husband. And they may be in the same house, but she says there to keep up appearances. You've heard of keeping up appearances. But inside is a deadly weapon, deadly weapon called unforgiveness, poisonous. And they refuse to forgive. So the Lord said, if you don't forgive, neither will your father forgive you. And if your father does not forgive you, you're going to end up in hell. You know why? Unforgiveness comes from Satan. Hell is where Satan is going. But if you don't repent, you too will end up there. I don't care what they say. Don't care what you... Look, look. There are some churches, they don't even preach from the Old Testament. They are their own gods. They even print their own Bibles. All right. They know, they twist the words of God. But let me say, if you pervert God's word, if you corrupt God's word, whatever wrong you do to God's word, and it is, you're leading people astray, you will end up in H-E-L-L unless you are E-P-E-N-T. If there's hope for you. Because for some people, there may not be any hope. Because they have sinned themselves already into hell. If you sold yourself to the devil where you refuse to forgive, then surely indeed, surely indeed, you will end up not seeing God's face. In one story that was reported here this past Sunday, a woman who knew just about everyone in the church would try and dissuade even new, new members, cause a lot of rupture in the church, a lot of problems, was on her, I believe, maybe a deathbed or very, very, it was deathbed because I heard the story before. 
And when she started, when someone spoke to her, I believe something, I can't remember how it happened, I remember all the story. But she started to confess. And as the persons, the reporter said, when she started vomiting up, and that's the way, I don't mean physical vomit, vomiting up verbally the things that she had buried on the inside of her. That's what unforgiveness does. That you keep the past inside. Women who were left at the altar, men who jilted you, husbands who abused you, let them go. Let them go. Your soul is more important than the marriage. You better believe it. Your soul is more important than the marriage. All right? Because while you do everything to keep your marriage, maybe lie, whatever, and things are still going, but your soul on the inside is like a whited sepulcher rottenness in your soul the rottenness yes the man committed adultery she committed adultery and you're going around as the holding hands as though you're ah lovey-dovey and everything but inside are drawn dog um, daggers i think the bible speak of drawn swords on the inside you die and you'll go to hell if you don't forgive that man or you don't forgive that woman or you don't forgive your mother or you don't forgive your child whomever the person may be. You don't forgive your friend because she failed you. She took away your husband. And so you can't forgive her. Listen, those are hard things to bear. But it's not the end of the world. All right? What is more important, your soul or the man? I believe your soul is more important. Make right with God. Make right with that man. Say, listen, even if you don't say, I forgive, say, Lord, I forgive. Because the person may be dead by now. Who knows? Lord, I forgive. And it's better to do it before people die. Forgive. Some people you may not be able to see them again, but to tell the Lord. You see, it's in the heart. Because you could go to a person and say, I forgive you. But in your heart, they are still drawing swords. Forgive. Why should I forgive? Because the word of God says so, and because it is for my own soul and my own body. In um, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, speaks of wholeness of the spirit, soul, and body. If your spirit is sick, it will affect your soul, your emotions. And if your emotions are sick, it will affect your, you get stress, will affect your body. Give your heart attack and um, cancer and other kinds of diseases. Spirit, soul, and body. Oh, Holy Ghost, we thank you. So if you harbor the spirit of unforgiveness in your heart, it affects your spirit, separates you from God. You can't hear from him. It affects your emotions. You're stressed out. That stress can lead to um, a heart attack. That means it affects your body. And so Paul said, he wished that your entire body, the whole body, spirit, soul, and, and, and body, we must always seek for wholeness. When we talk about sickness of the soul, which is another one I'll be bringing here again, 
I think I spoke about it some time ago. But I'll go over it again. I'll be using the same scripture. Sickness of the soul means your spirit first has to be right. Then your soul. And if your soul is right, your spirit right, your soul will be right, your body will be right. It's not all the time it's what you take in your body that's going to affect you. I'm talking about physical things. What about the emotional situations in your life? Today, I try to show to you why you should forgive. There are leaders in this world. They have done hein committed heinous crimes. Bad, bad, bad crimes. And there, I believe some of you are saying, oh, look at that. Have you heard this? Have you and you may be deciding in your mind, oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And you can, you never met that person. And you can hold a grudge of unforgiveness in your heart. Let it go. It's not your business. But there's no justice. There's no ju there is justice. It may not be in your time or the time that you plan or you'd hope. But I can assure you, there's what is called the judgment seat of Christ. If they are not judged in this world because of their position in life, their power, talk about people abusing power, if they are not judged in this life, they will be judged at the end of their day when they stand before Christ and they will just go straight to hell. That's the truth. You know, you find in today's day, oh no, don't say that. Oh, you'll cause hurt. I remember being in church one night and I testified and I spoke about sin and called the word sin. At the end of the church, the pastor's wife, and I'm saying it, the pastor's wife came to me, oh, Sister Stewart, you shouldn't say sin. It'll hurt people. You think God cares whether it's going to hurt people or not? God's care is that everyone be saved. And if you're a sinner, you're committing sin, adultery, you're living in abomination, it is sin. You have unforgiveness, it is sin. And someone needs to call you out and help you because, and you know, you should be thankful when people talk about those sins. You should be thankful. Because nowadays the church, the platform, the churches, the pulpits are not using that three-letter word anymore. And what they fail to understand, all the sicknesses in the world, all the diseases in the world, all the problems in the world, political, spiritual, emotional, social, you, you name it. S-I-N is a source. Nothing else. S-I-N. Sin is the source. So I don't understand why preachers no longer use that three-letter word, S-I-N, sin. One writer wrote, I can't remember his name, whatever happened to sin. And I'm going to close here. I want to remind you, let me read these few words here from Matthew chapter 6. You want to know why you should forgive? Matthew 6, 14 and 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father 
will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Father, we truly indeed thank you for this another day and another opportunity to share your word. I believe there are people who will listen to this program who are saying, oh, she can say whatever she wants to say. May they know it's not my word, Lord. I'm just your instrument. And I'm reading from your word, which you honor above your name, that we must forgive. Not only is it deadly for this life, but it will separate us from you when life is over. So I pray for anyone and everyone who has listened, listened or who is listening to this program, that he or she will purpose to say, God, I didn't know all this. I didn't know. I've never read this before. I didn't know. Now I understand why I'm having um, ulcers. I know I understand why I'm so sick. Now I understand why I'm so edgy. I pray for that person who is willing to let go of the past. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bind the spirit of unforgiveness today. It's a lethal weapon the enemy uses to bind people, to keep them from forgiving others. Oh, God, today we pray for that one who is saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. No, but may that person say, Lord, help me. Because I don't know where to begin, you will help that person. If only he or she will say, Lord, I want to forgive. I forgive. They will feel a cleansing. They'll feel a release in their spirit. They'll realize why they've been so stressed out. Why they felt this tightness. So they can be free. Because unforgiveness binds. It's a spiritual weapon, a devilish, demonic weapon that needs to be rid of. And I have prayed in Jesus' name for anyone listening, Lord, who is bound by this spirit, that he or she will be released now if that is the desire. No one can coerce, bribe, or force any person. To forgive, it has to come from the heart. As Jesus said, it must come from the heart. So I pray for anyone who, at this time whose soul is in jeopardy, that he or she will release that poison and be freed from it. In Jesus' name I ask, and I thank you. Amen. If you need help, Maybe you need to talk with someone. We have a counselor, certified counselor here, Christian counselor, all biblical. We're not going to shove the word down your mouth. No way. But we'll help you as we have helped others. You need to call us at 678-964-4096, Faith Restoration Ministries International. You may not get us on the phone immediately. But you must leave a message and we will get back to you. If you're on Facebook, we can talk with you. If you're from other countries or if you want, you're from the U.S. or Canada, you'd like us to speak on, on through um, Facebook, we'll do that. Remember, 
If you are looking for a college to study the word, this is all we do here. We have so many testimonies that we could give you. Some of them are posted, not many, just a few, to whet your appetite, so to speak, of what the students are saying. You're a pastor. You want to get deeper into the word. You notice nowadays people are just so busy. They spend more time eating out rather than they don't even bother to fast anymore. We need to fast. In the same scripture, hear what Jesus said. Verse 16, moreover, when ye fast, that was in the days of Jesus, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But with thou, verse 17, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. Jesus believed in fasting. He fasted. And if you, Paul, they fasted. And if you're a believer in Christ, I don't know how you could say Christians shouldn't fast nowadays because you're in the 21st century. The word has not changed. You may have changed. But the word has not. May God bless you. Remember, 678-964-4096. Let's say it slowly. 678-964-4096. And we're at www.frministry.org. May God bless you until we meet again. This is Shekinah. What does the word say? And Safe Restoration Ministries, restoring lives from the inside out, one life at a time. God bless you until we meet again.